Hello Christians, Common Sense Christianity here. I'm doing this podcast. I'm walking through the nature, uh, the woods of Alaska, uh, walking my dog here. I just had a couple of thoughts. You know, some of the uh, talk that's been going around is one of the Unitarians that we've had communication with and supposedly fellowship with was recently turned to uh, the Trinity belief system. So this guy was a Jehovah Witness, I guess, raised in this faith, right? And then he came out of it, I guess, found that he was being deceived by this uh, cult. And then he became a Unitarian. And all the while, while he was a Unitarian, he blasted the Trinity. Even with the Jehovah Witness, he blasted it calling it satanic or whatever not biblical nobody spoke of it basically was a unitarian apologist for five months or so you know listened to a lot of podcasts from bill schlegel reiterated the same talking points and uh was on uh faithful theology or actually flow's channel flow life talking about his uh Jehovah Witness experience and how he came out of it and how he was happy that he found the truth and the true God and everything makes perfect sense, you know, and really kind of energetic about it, you know, spirited and just, you know, I've seen him on other forums and stuff and he was dialoguing with Trinitarians calling them a liar, you know, and that's not true, this and that and this. And he was really like a Unitarian apologist. Well, over the course of a week, he kind of disappeared off the radar, you know. And then uh, we were on another forum, and there's there was word that uh, that uh, he had actually become a Trinitarian, and we kind of laughed at it because the person that was saying these things was a pathological liar. You know, this guy Tyler actually, he's on uh, YouTube and other places. He's a uh, Catholic, and he's probably one of the most deceptive individuals I've ever had a dialogue with. Um, just just rotten, you know. Deceptive and rotten. And uh, so he comes, I, the word was, as Tyler was saying on these forums, that Mike had become a Trinitarian. The guy's name is Mike, right? Disciple Mike. So we all kind of laughed. We thought Tyler was trolling everybody. Well, lo and behold, Mike comes on and he says, it's true, everybody. You know, and we're kind of like, What? He said, yeah, I had kind of a revelation. A lot of things have happened to me this past week. And we're kind of dumbfounded, right? We're kind of scratching our head. And he's like, "Uh, you know, the three things that, you know, God's been working on me. I can't explain it, you know, and it just came to me. I've been reading a lot on history. There you go. You know, he's been reading a lot on history, not sticking to scripture. I've been reading a lot of history and he's coming up with these false premises of the Ebonites were the only Trinitarian or Unitarians that he could locate during that time. And these people were the first Unitarians, according to him, and they completely rejected the John 1 uh, verse. You know, basically they said it was fabricated or it wasn't true, and they kind of rejected all the way through 14, basically. So these were the Unitarians that Mike insisted that were the first Unitarians, and they completely rejected john's epistle you know which is not true i mean who cares what a a unitarian sect says you know the bible says that people were turned into all kinds of false gospels so i I don't have any i don't have any uh denial that that i'm sure there were unitarian sects also that were also false right there was all kinds of weird spin-offs jewish people that were believing in two powers of god i mean all kinds of crazy things right so his logic was really skewed and he said uh you know, what drove me to the Trinity was uh, history, is number one, he said. The second one was authority, which obviously is authority of church fathers, right? And the third one was humility. And I'm going, what? Not scripture? I mean, this is the guy that basically, and they ask him, so what do you believe in? He goes, I believe in the Trinity. It's like, what? What? Okay, so where in the gospel does it teach a Trinity? So I'm having this dialogue with him online. And he's bouncing back and forth on this history. He's so tacked into the history when, you know, the gospel says, Peter, upon you, I will build this rock, you know, and basically, you know, uh, the the gates of hell will never overcome it. Well, 
in Greek, it's Peter is 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 Petra. It's not it's not Petro. You know, it's Petros versus Petra. Petros is Peter. You know, and then Pet, Petra is the rock. So it's a talking about completely something different. It's not talking about Peter is the rock, and Jesus is the rock. So the rock in this sense is not Peter. Okay, this is the false false belief of the of the uh, Catholic Church. You know, they push this belief system that they are the authority, they are the rock that Christ said he was build this upon. This is not true. The Bible says the foundation of everything is Jesus. He's the rock. You know, his message. So Jesus said the, the, the gates of hell will not overcome his message. You know, the, the gospel will always be there for people who want to seek it. You know, the spirit of the truth. It doesn't have anything to do with an institution. You know, Jesus said, you know, basically, you know, God said, let there be religion. And Satan said, oh, let me organize it. You know, organized religion is terrible. Look at what the Catholics did. You know, the Catholics are some of the most, not Catholic people, but the Vatican and the, the Catholic, the Catholic religion is probably one of the most wicked out there as far as child, you know, covering up child rape, embezzlement, fraud, uh, you know, raping nuns. A lot of these children were molested and high ups in the Vatican knew about it and turned a blind eye to it. They didn't, they didn't seek out charges. They basically were hoping that it would just go away. They didn't want to bring to light that the Catholic church was really messed up. It had massive massive problems so they swept it under the rug well that came out later when they had tons and tons of lawsuits millions upon millions of dollars could be even billions i'm not sure but i believe it's millions upon millions of dollars that the catholic church was forced to pay for covering the stuff up so you can see the fruit of the cat you know the catholic church and their pope you know a lot of this stuff this history is completely baloney it's complete baloney and they they say that you know they have the first pope and all this stuff. It's just all nonsense, you know. It's so I asked them. So so you're going by history, you're going by authority, and you're going by humility. What about the gospel? Why you know nobody teaches a trinity, Mike? He's like, well, we'll get to that later. But can you deal with the fact that that uh, Jesus said he will be with them forever and stay with forever? Well, if the Unitarian system is true, then that means it was stomped out and it was not there forever. That's that's not true. Okay. The gospel is the truth, okay? It doesn't say, the, the church is a body of believers. It can be two persons, it can be more. If you look at the Greek word, it's basically an assembly, okay? You can have an assembly in your house and that can be the church, right? It's not a congregation of, of a house full of people, especially if a house full of people follows something that Jesus never spoke of, okay? Jesus was not a Trinitarian. So what Mike is doing and others do is they miss the forest for the trees. They're worried about some rubbing alcohol spilled in the car when the the car wall, you know, the the um, convenience store right next to them is you know five feet away is is literally on fire. The gas pumps have all exploded. The the fire is creeping up to the car, and they're worried about a little bit of rubbing alcohol that's spilled in the car. They he's focused on this nuance, this problem that he believes is is a problem in when you know. When Jesus said, Peter, upon this rock, I will build my church. Okay. It's, it's, Jesus is the rock. Upon his message, the church will be built. You know, the church of the body of believers. It's the body of Christ. We are the church. Has nothing to do with the Catholic church and the institution. You know, and, and evangelical Christians and, you know, other Christians, although other than Catholics, believe the Catholic faith is satanic. So, you know, we have this battling going on. You know, the Catholics do not have support of the evangelicals whatsoever. You know, they all believe that it's a, it's a, it's a demonic fraud. So, it, you know, it doesn't matter um, what Mike says as far as, you know, authority, humility and, uh, and history. I mean, that's all baloney. It has nothing to do with scripture whatsoever. You know, that's what we were supposed to turn to. And it's kind of ironic that they, they talk about this when uh, that's exactly the opposite of what he does. You know, so, um, but yeah, so people need to remain steadfast in what they adhere to. You can't be swayed by history. You know, history is often written by those who are victorious over others. They can rewrite history. They can twist it. They can bend it. They can get rid of other elements of history and basically rewrite it to see how you see fit, right? You take over a place, you can, and especially during those times, they didn't have a, they didn't have internet. They didn't have a lot of the stuff. So it's very easy to get rid of records, right? Very easy to kill people that didn't have anything to, 
that had a disagreement and then basically say, hey, you say anything else, we're going to kill you, you know. Um, and not only that, but Christianity in large part was, a lot of it was erased during, the, you know, the time after Christ. A lot of that was just snuffed out, right? It was, it was illegal to be uh, a Christian, really. So a lot of this history and stuff was lost there. So even more so when you're, you know, in the early stages. So that's what I notice uh, when somebody... It's very dangerous to follow your emotion. It's very dangerous to profess something and then say, okay, well, I'm going to believe this because, you know, the the discussion of, of Peter can be completely argued about, okay? Like I said, look at the Greek word. It's not... The, the rock is not, it's Petra, uh, not Petros. And um, it's a feminine, you know, it's a feminine, you know, it's feminine gender, not Peter, which is masculine, right? It's a big difference. So he's kind of hanging on to that, but hey, you know, the uh, 50,000 pound halibut that's in his net is uh, never, never spoken of one time, you know, in the gospel is never, never once a Trinity. So that doesn't concern him. That's the, that's the shocking thing. This does not concern him that Jesus never spoke of a trinity, that the apostles never spoke of a trinity, that God never did, but he's hanging on to this false premise of Peter being the rock. Do you see the power of delusion? Do you see what Satan can do? He can turn things and spin things where you don't focus on the gospel, okay? You know, I don't care about this misunderstanding. I'm not going to argue a gravel with maybe my possibility of an, a misunderstanding with, with Peter and, and Jesus when the gospel doesn't teach. That's what you should be concerned with. He wasn't concerned with the fact that nobody spoke of a trinity, okay? Nobody spoke of a trinity God. Jesus never spoke of it. Moses, David, nobody, okay? The apostles, nah, zilch. That didn't concern him. What concerned him was his, his inconsistent message with, you know, uh, you know, the church, the, the hell will not overcome this. Well, yeah, it didn't overcome the gospel, right? It's still around, right? The spirit of Christ is still here. It didn't overcome. It didn't get snuffed out. That's what it means. It doesn't mean that the church will be, you know, a church will be snuffed out. It just means his message will not be snuffed out. It'll be la- it will last. We have the testimony now, okay? It has nothing to do with the institution. So, you know, I really don't care what, you know, I could, I could smell people like this from a mile away, really. You know, he came on really flamboyant and then he's throwing all his chips in on the Catholicism now. You know, he believes in the Trinity. Well, how can you believe in something that's not even in the scripture? Basically, what you're doing is you're bending over and you're uh, you're taking it as it is from uh, a philosophical standpoint of of, you know, getting that getting that uh, that vaccination jab when you have no idea what's even going on. Right. Bending over and getting that jab and. uh that's kind of the same thing with the Trinity. You're throwing all your chips in and now he's, now he's Catholic. I mean, this is just, it's just dumbfounding, you know, but, but it just shows the, uh, with this particular guy, he's, he's a fraud, right? It just shows you that you can go from Jehovah Witness belief, fully immersed into it, and then to a, you know, you know, Unitarian belief for five months and just be totally immersed in it. And then in a week you're, you're a Catholic. And Trinity is true and everything else is bogus. And now, and now you're not going, well, I'm not really sure. It's, it's basically he's preaching Catholicism, which he knows nothing about. You know, it's just, it's just, it's uh, twisted. So the, the reason for this podcast is to, you know, stick to scripture. It doesn't matter. Okay? We can have all of these silly philosophical arguments about what is true and what, what did Jesus really mean? And what did Peter, that's, those are contested, right? A lot of people can contest them, but what does scripture say? You can't contest that. You know, it's a fact that, see, see, that's why a lot of Catholics say they don't, they don't care about scripture necessarily. They, they're part of their, their doctrine is tradition. Okay. So I, I've had discussions with Catholics before that say, you know what? I don't lean on scripture that much. I go by tradition. That's a huge part of it. Right. Because they believe that the apostles taught others and then they, you know, Clemens and, and Ignatius and all these people like that. And then they basically, that that religion is what it is today. That's completely bogus. A lot of these were deemed forgeries and frauds, you know, and these people were not byproducts of, of, uh, the original apostles. A lot of these guys were wolves and Paul was telling us about this, you know, it says also, you know, wolves will come from within and deceive and not spare the flock. 
And these were the type of people that we were warned about. You know, Tertullian, he was a, he was a wolf. He, he taught, he coined the Trinity and later denounced it and formed another sect out of Africa, right? He was a monotonist or something, a monotonist or something like that. Um, he followed some type of prophet. You can look up Britannica, Google Britan- Britannica Tertullian, T-E-R-T-U-L-L-I-A-N, T-E-R-T-U-L-L-I-A-N, I think, Tertullian. Britannica, and you can read about his legacy. Go down, and they never really forgave him for his apostasy, right? The Orthodox Church, because he was a huge developer in the Western world about Christianity, but he was, he became an apostate, right? He was a church father, or one of the early church fathers, but he denounced it. Okay, so this is a guy that coined the Trinity, and he wasn't even a Trinitarian by today's standard. He believed that Jesus was subordinate, and he was not made of the same essence, right? He was he had a completely different. Uh, essence he was not uh, one god with the father he was a minor you know a minor god or something like that so this is just perversion right so i uh i don't really put a lot of uh you know when somebody comes on and they're speaking all this stuff i you know my something in my spirit said man this something's up with this dude you know something's up with this guy i something's wrong here he's really he, he, a lot a lot of what he said came off as fake you know he's over dramatic oh and the gospel is just so beautiful you know and, and it's just guys this is just so amazing it's god's inspired words it's god's inspired words and it's so beautiful i mean you know and just talking like that and you could tell that there's something really kind of fake you know it didn't seem genuine to me it just seemed like he was really trying to go overboard on the whole religious aspect of things. You know, it didn't seem genuine to me. And of course, then we see it's not, right? <laughs> you, don't, you don't go from this one faith like this to overnight, and basically in a week you're a Catholic. I mean, there's something really spiritually uh, wrong. I could see wrestling with something, you know, as a Unitarian, maybe. But, you know, he didn't come forth. He didn't have a discussion with other people like faithful theology or me or flow or anybody he disappeared he didn't come on and say hey you know i got this major problem here um i'm really questioning this and what do you guys think and talk about it nah he studied history he probably gotten you know in a little dialogue with tyler the, the pathological liar who's also a catholic and uh i don't know it just was really weird you know so that's why i don't put a lot of like i said trust and faith in people like that because Satan will send deceivers into your flock. So basically, he infiltrated, came in, masqueraded as a Unitarian for about five months, got close to people, and then he turned. He's a turncoat, you know. Who's to say he was even a Unitarian in reality to begin with? He could have been a masquerading as a Unitarian. He was a fraud, you know. I don't think so. I think he was probably genuinely confused. He came in. He was out of the Jehovah Witness belief system and uh he uh took a hold of that and that was basically his way out of the jehovah witness that made sense to him because he knew the trinity was a lie and then he started reading on history and he's basically going now he's going with hey the unitarian belief system he's reading all this stuff about you know if you google unitarianism it says it was developed in the 1600s or something like that 1800s i don't know but that's not true okay the unitarian belief system has been around from the very beginning. Uh, Tertullian even admitted, you can look at his letters to Paraxes, Google Tertullian's letter to Paraxes, P-R-A-X-E-S. It's at advent.org on page three. It'll tell you about Tertullian's uh, recognition that the early Christians, the majority of believers, rejected his idea of a three-in-one God. You know, said that they were, they were polytheists, right? They're, these people were calling Tertullian a polytheist. And saying that what he was believing was not biblical, right? And they were rejecting it. And so he was trying, Tertullian was trying to explain how it could, you know, how it could be true. And they were not, you know, so it was pretty much all a lot of nonsense. But the Unitarian, they basically united after a period of time because they were being snuffed out by, uh, by Trinitarians. They were being executed and murdered. So in order to protect themselves, I think Unitarians and Unitarian Universalists, which are really weird, they believe basically in anything. You know, they don't even believe in the Bible, really. They just believe that everything's, you can be whatever, you know, and it's, 
So that, that's why biblical Unitarians differ from Unitar uh, Unitarian Universalists is biblical is stated because they go by the Bible, right? So I think it was a really a big mistake really to branch together with biblical Unitarians because it's really uh, perverted the name. Now it's kind of hijacked. So now when you Google Unitarian on, online, Unitarian Universalists come up. So that's one of the first things people see and they go, ooh, I don't want to be, that's weird. I'm not, that's, what kind of deal is that? You know, it's not Christianity. So they bypass it and they get this false belief of what a Unitarian is. A Unitarian simply means one God. I don't like the term. What does it even mean? It's Greek, right? What does it even mean? It means one God, but what does it even mean? Uh, same thing with monotheist. What does that even mean, right? What, what do those terms mean? They're, you know, they're, they're, it just means one God. So just, just to say that you believe that God is one. He's not three, okay? He's not one. I don't know the proper name. I mean, what kind of name should we give it? You know, uh, I don't know. It, there just wasn't really a term for this during the time of the Jewish world because they didn't need to explain it. God was one. It wasn't that complicated. It wasn't a perverted three-person God, right? And that's why God was very adamant that he was a single person because a lot of these, uh, before people were turned into paganism, so they had a lot of false gods and idols, right? So God was very adamant that he's alone. He's a single person. He doesn't share his glory with multiple other persons in the Godhead, okay? Um, <clears throat> so, you know, you can see people like this, uh, especially, like I said, with Mike, you know, the guy turned really quick and it wasn't like, hey, you know, I searched the scripture and I found the truth and there is a Trinity. I can see it in scripture. Okay. That's different. Even though he couldn't, right. But that's different. That would be something, hey, he would turn to the scripture, the Holy Spirit led him into scripture and he found his conclusion from that. No, it was history, authority, and humility. Whatever that means. I mean, humility for what? Humility for bowing down to authority? I mean, humility and what? About being deceived? Okay, it's not in the Bible, but authority is telling me that God is triune, therefore I'm going to be humble and just follow it. I mean, it's, it's nonsense. And I called him out online. I said, basically, you know, you're teaching nonsense. And I don't have a problem being really uh, blunt, okay? I don't have a problem being blunt, especially when somebody calls me like um, I'm just like the uh, Pharisees, right? No, the Trinitarians are like the Pharisees because they follow church leaders, okay, that, that completely strayed off the path and not what Jesus was telling them. The Pharisees did not listen to Jesus, just like Trinitarians don't. They claim to. They claim to listen to Jesus, which is an absolute lie. Jesus never taught a Trinity. He never ran around teaching he was God. That's what Trinitarians do. Okay, if Jesus had spent a tenth of the time trying to profess that he was God like Trinitarians do, I would believe it. Okay, Jesus could have easily said, I'm God Almighty, I'm Yode Vave, I'm God in the flesh. He didn't. I hear every day Trinitarians tell me this. Okay, Jesus was God in the flesh. Okay, where does it say that? And they point to riddles, you know, John 1 1, and, you know, uh, the Word became flesh, and the Word was God. And it doesn't say the Word is God, it says the Word was God. Is, is God no longer the word? I mean, it's just, it's a disaster, right? So that's the thing with Trinitarians is they hang on to puzzles and riddles and then dismiss the rest of the Bible, the clear common sense terms, right? You hang on to, you know, Philippians 2.5. He was formed in the fashion of, or, you know, he was found in God's, you know, likeness of, likeness of men, yes. And we got a guy on here that's questioning that. He's like, what does it mean in the likeness of men? Well, Jesus was created from the Holy Spirit who overshadowed Mary. Okay. He was, he was conceived in the womb of a woman. He didn't have a biological father, nor was he created through sex and sperm. So he was found in the likeness of men. Okay. He was in the likeness of man like us, but he wasn't like man. Okay. He didn't have the same sinful nature. He wasn't created as a man the same way other people are today through sex IV, you know, invertible fetalization, whatever. He wasn't created by sperm and therefore he did not have the fallen nature of Adam. Okay. So he was for, he was found in the likeness. Sure. He was in the likeness of men today, but he was not a man like men are today. It's not very complicated. Just like Adam was the first created being, he was not like the men are today. So 
For instance, if Adam never existed and Jesus was the first Adam and say God decided to create another Adam, Adam would be created and then the Bible would also say Adam was found in the likeness of man, okay? Because Adam was in the likeness of men, okay? Just like, kind of like we are, just like we are as far as flesh and blood and all that stuff, but he was not like we are, okay? He was in the likeness of us, in the likeness of it. It doesn't mean that he was God. It doesn't mean Jesus was God. When they make this separation, he was found in the likeness of men. What, Jesus woke up from a fugue state and was like, whoa, I'm a man. No, we can make really play with these words if we get really off base, right? He was... He was found in the likeness of men. Like he was dropped off somewhere in a desert and then he was found, you know I mean? They have different ways of presenting words in other languages, okay? We can't um, use the same type of terminology and the meanings in English as they do translating it from Hebrew understanding to Greek, which is difficult kind of, and then from Greek to English, okay? It gets really weird. Some of this translations just, the wording seems weird, okay? So we can't throw away the rest of the Bible where it says, you know, um, by a man sent into the world, but also by a man we were redeemed. You know, look at Romans 5 and go through that. Um, Go through that in the RSV. And it says, by a man sent into the world, basically, and by a man we were made righteous. You know, the man, Jesus Christ. So man, 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 we were judged, we will be judged by a man. Uh, You know, Jesus said, I am a man that heard from God. Uh, he was a man that God approved of in Acts 2.22 that God did his miracles through over and over again. He was a man, okay? So people need to understand when I say a man, I don't mean a man like today, okay? He wasn't a man like today. So that's the difference of why they're trying to separate. Though he was in the likeness of men, sure, he was in the likeness of man, but he was not a man. We could still call him 100% human, okay? He was 100% human, just like Adam was 100% human, no father even, no father, no mother. I mean, come on, can you imagine this? This guy literally had no chromosomes from anybody, okay? God gave him the chromosomes and yet he was fully human, obviously, right? Because we're all the byproducts of, of Adam. So how could Adam be 100% human and have no parents, okay? Think on that one, okay? So he obviously, we're, we're in the likeness of Adam, okay? We are in the likeness of Adam, but we're not pure like Adam. So it can go both ways, right? We can be found in the likeness of Adam. Likeness means not quite, okay? Likeness means not quite Adam. We're, we're in his likeness, but we're not just as Adam. Jesus was made in every way, okay? In every way like us, okay? In every way, meaning flesh, blood, brain, eyes, you know, but it's not talking spirituality, okay? Spirituality is a different way. When you're made, you know, you're not made, you know, spiritual until you're resurrected, right? So there's a difference between physicality and, and spirituality. So um, <clears throat> again, I think people really wrestle with terminology of words, you know, like the, the rock, Petra and Petros and all this stuff when, they, when they're missing the forest for the trees, okay? The biggest concern would be following something that Jesus never spoke of, okay? You go from there first. You go from there and go, hey, Jesus was not a Trinitarian. He never spoke of that doctrine. The apostles don't, God doesn't. So I'm, I'm not gonna be a Trinitarian, but I'm gonna spend my time figuring out what these other things mean, okay? That's where you go from. You don't start from these little things and, and dismiss the biggest thing, right? It's kind of like, you know, you have a... Uh, you have a kid that's basically uh, out of control. He steals your car. He does drugs. He's doing everything he possibly can to make your life a living hell and destroy himself. But yet you're worried that he didn't pick up his, his shirt today. Okay. You know, that's your main focus. You're, you're getting on him because he didn't pick up his shirt off the floor in his bedroom. But meanwhile, he's, he's doing all of these other things that are completely bad right? And you're focused on the nonsense. You're focused on something that's inconsequential. And that's the same thing Trinitarians do. They focus on inconsequential, inconsequential items and then miss the big picture, okay? 
they miss the big picture of the doctrine that they believe and follow isn't even biblical. But, you know, hey, I got a problem with this verse here. I can't figure it out. Therefore, it must mean that the Catholic belief system is true. You know, upon this rock, I will build my church. Well, <laughs> you know, you can go to CARM. I don't like CARM, C-A-R-M, because they're an apologist Trinitarian, but they, they completely smash they completely smashed the idea that the Catholic Church is is the the church of you know the true church. So I don't agree with Matt Slick and Carm, like I said, that often, but even a broken clock is right twice a day. He's got some good info. You can learn a lot from somebody like Mike or Matt Slick. I'm not tuned out of it, you know. I see when I read his his stuff that he's kind of deceptive when it comes to the Trinity, but a lot of other things about the you know the Catholic Church and stuff, he's spot on, in my opinion. You know, he can, he, he's honest there. You can, you can read the Greek lexicons. The words don't even mean the same thing. You know, on this rock, Peter, Peter, it's a different name. Okay. It's, it's not even the same word. And he goes through it and breaks it down. And it also says the rock, you know, no foundation will be built upon. The only rock is Christ basically. Right. So it's not Peter that this, that is the rock. It's Jesus Christ and his message. So, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know why people are making such a big deal out of it. I made I made this podcast because it's kind of it's kind of going over that people have made a big deal um, about this. You know, it shouldn't be shocking, really. You know, you're going to have people that when you don't stick to Scripture, you're going to have people that fall away. You're going to have people that fall away, and then you're going to have people that stick with Scripture. You know, Scripture should be the most important thing if you're going to make a decision on what religion you're going to follow and adhere to. Scripture should be the most important thing, not um, not a uh, <clears throat> not a belief in your emotions, or not um, not something that you might take out of. You know, you, you might be wrong on the tradition part. You might be wrong in misunderstanding uh, understanding what what Peter said or Jesus said about Peter. Then what? Okay, you you dismiss the gospel. Okay, you dismiss the gospel. You're hanging on to something that you have a misunderstanding of, or you don't really know. He's asking me to explain it. I'm like, dude, okay, what's the, what, why should I explain this? Okay. We obviously disagree on it, but what you're, what you're doing is you're dismissing the gospel. Let's have a discussion with the gospel first, and then we can work on this. Okay. But he doesn't want to do that. He wants to talk about this, this deal with this argument that the Catholic church has about the rock that Peter will build. You know, this is, you know, and like I said, evangelical Christians prove this wrong anyway. Okay. They prove this wrong. Um, it's not Peter. It's Jesus. So, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't care about that. He doesn't care about the fact that, that no, no person in the Bible ever spoke of a Trinity. Oh, no, that's, that's, not, that's, not, that's not really matter, okay? It matters what the Catholic Church says, you know, and that's the big thing is a lot of people look, they look for fellowship. They look for uh, fellowship, which is nice, but they look for fellowship with like-minded people, but these people don't follow the gospel. So God is testing us. Are we going to bow down to institutions of men that teach something that's not even biblical, that have their own doctrine and, you know, formulated with this, or are we going to stick with scripture? Okay. This isn't a feel good. It's not easy being a non-Trinitarian. Okay. It's very easy to be a Trinitarian. You just go by the flow. Okay. You can just, you become a Trinitarian. You've got thousands upon thousands of churches at your disposal. You're not called a heretic by the majority of Christians, right? You're considered a Christian, uh, Orthodox Christian. To be a Unitarian, it means you're, you're called a heretic by pretty much all these people. You know, you're, you're, you're thrown in with Jehovah Witness. You're thrown in with Mormons. You're thrown in with all these other people as a cult, right? And they keep bringing up the nonsense of, well, your religion didn't exist before the, you know, until the 1800s or whatever. No, it was defined because of the, um, of the, uh, basically it, it was reformed, right? It, it was basically a time where, um, that Christians, Unitarians were allowed, they basically fought against it and were allowed to believe what they wanted to believe without being executed. Okay. This is kind of a revolutionary thing you know it was so they established something they gave a name unitarian to to separate themselves from the name trinitarian just to give themselves that distinguishing aspect it wasn't uh something that that aligned with trinitarianism so naturally they would have a name and uni simply means one okay uni means one one god unit unitarian instead of trinitarian trini is three trini trinitas three 
Greek, and then Unitarian, one. One, okay? So there's three. Trinitarian, Unitarian is one. It's not, you know, it's, I guess it's an okay name, but the problem is, is like I said, we've been associated with Unitarian Universalists, which is very bad. You know, it really makes it look bad, um, especially when the search engines don't work in our favor and they come up with Unitarian Universalists. That's kind of the first thing I thought of when I saw the term Unitarian before I even knew what it meant, right? I Googled it and I was like, whoa, this is kind of a cult, but it wasn't the same, right? This biblical Unitarian, which they emphasize, and then Unitarian uh, Universalists and all that stuff. So, but yeah, I mean, the truth is the gospel. That's what we lean on. Whenever you have questions, Unitarians out there, you have questions, go to the gospel, okay? What does Jesus teach? Is, is part of the gospel message that we are to believe in a trinity? Never, okay? Is part of the gospel message that, hey, you need to believe Jesus is God to be a Christian and to be saved? Never, okay? It says, he who believes Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah, is born of God. And if you love the child, you will love the parent, okay? So if basically it's telling you, if you're a Unitarian, and you believe Jesus is the Christ, you are born of God and are a child of God. And he who does not love you as a child of God does not love the Father, okay? So if they try to call you a non-Christian because you follow this fact that Jesus is the Messiah, the Mashiach, then they do not love the Father. They don't love God. They're not professing to become to be Christians themselves, see? See the problem with that? So it says, he who believes Jesus is the Christ is a child of God, okay? Not that Jesus, he who believes Jesus is God. So they go way beyond what scripture says. And they have to, you know, Jesus is fully God. He's fully man, you know. Uh, it's just, there's perversion everywhere you go. You just can't, you can't make sense of it. And that's why they end up in a mystery and massive confusion, right? They end up in a mystery and massive confusion because it's not biblical. It's basically reverse engineering. They created Jesus as God at the Council of Nicaea. 1,400 bishops were invited. Like 200 or 300 showed up, right? It's very a small fraction, like what, 17% or something? Something like that. And then they came up with the vote. Even though a lot of people weren't happy with it, uh, it was a minority decision. They put the stamp on it. Later, people voted that he was not. The, the Aryan decision was kind of more popular. And you can Google it. It says the whole world watched and groaned while um, the, the world became, was Aryan. You know, because this was a, a, something that was that argued about and was decided at a second council after the Council of Nicaea. And they presented it. But the, uh, the Pope shot it down. Okay. So this Aryan, this Aryan belief system was more popular later, but it was shot down by the Pope. He overrode it. So basically what you're saying is, is the minority vote at the time decided who Jesus was and boom, he's God now. Okay. Now that he's God, wow, we're going to have to figure out how to, what, we're going to have to figure out how to squeeze him in here. You know, oh, we had a problem with, uh, that he doesn't know the final hour. Well, he, he was fully God. Okay. He was fully man. Okay. So at that time he was just in his humanity, his humanity didn't know but that's our excuse. So whenever we have something that is good, we'll make it that he was fully God. But then if we have something that's bad, he was, he was fully man. Okay. It's, it's a freak show. Okay. They don't say he was ever fully God and fully man. And that's a, a logical fallacy. That's like saying, you know, I'm fully cold and fully warm or I'm fully man and fully woman or fully dry and fully wet. Or my car is hundred percent red and 100% blue, or I'm fully hungry and fully fully uh full you know it's just it's nonsense you know that's what happens when you get into the trinity you just basically you know it's funny if you go to uh uh what's his name's um uh integrity syndicate i believe is his name uh josiah is his name but i'm thinking of his channel i think it's integrity syndicate he has this this little snippet of matt slicks you should look check it out it's uh integrity syndicate on uh, youtube and it's the Matt Slick, I think it's his last video, Matt Slick's voice snippet. And basically Matt said, he said that the more you think about the Trinity, the more confused, the more you, the more confused you uh, become and uh, the more you confused you become. And uh, he lost a few brain cells, he said, by thinking about it because, you know, the more painful it became as he started thinking about the Trinity because they have all of these different doctrines, you know, it was actually quite comical. You have to listen to it. Uh, 
So, yeah, it is painful because it's not biblical, right? Nobody discussed any of this stuff in the Bible. So, uh, yeah, that's pretty much all I have to say on this podcast. I was out walking, thinking. Um, but, again, Christians, it doesn't matter what the world takes you, where the world takes you. It doesn't matter what the church is. Don't bow down to peer pressure. Don't bow down to cult-like thinking. Don't bow down to the feelings that, hey, maybe I'm being deceived. Maybe I'm, I'm not following what Jesus taught. No, question. Look at, what, look at what he taught. You know, Look at what he taught. Did he ever teach a Trinity God? Did he ever teach that he was God? Did they run around teaching that Jesus was God Almighty in the flesh? Not a single time, okay? That should be more concerning, okay? That should be more concerning. If you're a Christian, that means following what Christ taught, not following an institution, right? Again, I always say this, I say it again, I say it a lot. Turn to John 17, 3. Father, let them know you, the only true God, and Jesus the Christ who you have sent. That should be your gauge. That should be the all in all, the end all. That should be everything that you have to worry about, not something that has anything to do with an institution. When you when you follow the mass of the majority of men, there's something wrong. Okay, When you follow the majority of people on this earth who believe something mankind has never got god right okay they're always they're always twisting what he says and that's why god constantly has to correct people so when you're on the majority there's something wrong and not only that but look at catholicism okay catholics are the majority now they have rosary beads a lot of other stuff that's not biblical it's witchcraft basically you know you got these rosary beads and you're counting them like a nutcase ocd nutcase you're holding on to these beads and you're praying to the mary up in heaven i mean mary is not our, our mediator Jesus is. So they, they have this intercessory for the saints, you know, and all this nonsense where they pray to Mary. Oh, mother of God, you know, help me. What, why are you praying to Mary? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody comes to the Father but through me. So why are they praying to Mary? Okay, this is, again, more nonsense. They idolize people. Mary is the born, born of God. They also believe Mary was a perpetual virgin. Okay, so apparently... Apparently, Joseph, when he got married, he had no interest in, in, in sex, right? So Joseph was, must be a saint, right? He's married to this, this girl. And not only does she give birth to God, but afterwards, she remains a virgin. You know, there's no sexual intercourse. Although she had other children, how did that happen? I guess maybe they were adopted according to Catholics, right? So they have this delusion that Mary remained a virgin throughout her entire life. Okay, she never had any sexual... They don't, they don't want to think about this stuff, right? They don't want to think about, you know, Mary who conceived God Almighty later on, you know, got, had sex. Okay, <laughs> they don't... And, and, G, and Joseph says, you know, basically the Bible says that she knew not a man until she had birth, basically. So they're telling you, hey, she didn't have sex with Joseph until she conceived. Okay, after she conceived, then yeah, I'm sure they did, right? But Catholics... They, they, they just can't handle this fact. They can't handle the fact that... So they, that's why they hold Mary to such high esteem, right? She's, she's God's mom. And she was a perpetual virgin. She was uh, completely pure, innocent, nothing, you know. They, that's why they can pray to her. They basically hear a lot of this garbage, right? You hear a lot of them praying to Mary. Oh, Mary, you know, Mary, Jesus, and Joseph kind of thing. The, the praying to the, the, the saints, you know, the intercessories or whatever. Uh, if that's even the right word. They, they believe that. And, and it's, it's, it's nonsense because, again, Jesus is our mediator. He's the mediator between God and man. He's kind of like the buffer, right? He mediates on our behalf. So we can go through Christ and we talk to Christ and ask Jesus for things and, and he'll ask the Father. It's kind of, he mediates, okay? He goes to the Father for us. Um, God does not mediate his own covenant. It would be kind of weird, nonsense. He's never mediated his own covenant. It's always been with man. So you can see the Catholic perversion from the get-go. Okay? They've basically taken over everything and dominated and saying, you know, rewrote history and basically saying, we are the church. Everything else is a fraud. And they hang on to history. Um, that's unfortunately what this guy has fallen into. Idolatry. He's fallen into idolatry. And you ask him again, where in scripture does it say what you believe? And he goes off. He'll change the subject. Well, let me get back to that. Now, you hadn't answered my question on the rock. I said, yeah, I did. I answered your question on the rock. You just didn't like it. Okay. And not only that, but it's a moot. It's a moot point because we're supposed to go to scripture. Okay. We're arguing about something. 
about, you know, your interpretation. I disagree with you. I said, I disagree with you, Mike, but you can't disagree with me with scripture. Okay. I disagree with you with this term. So let's go past that. Okay. Now let's go to, let's go to scripture and prove me wrong. He can't. Okay. So scripture proves him wrong, but he cares more about this misinterpretation of what, what, uh, Jesus said to Peter. I mean, this is, it's nonsense. And then he might as well be talking about the, uh, the, the pink Corvette that Moses drove around in the Old Testament or the, uh, the prom dress that Mary wore to her homecoming or the, uh, the hang glider that was behind King David's throne in the Old Testament, right? That he took around or his, his Rolex watch, you know, I mean, this is, this is the nonsense that they get into when you're, when you're trapped in nonsense, you might as well just make, make fun of it, right? You might as well go all out and just see how crazy you can make the Bible. You know, Moses had to show up at his Regis appointment to have his hair trimmed, you know, and stuff like that. Or, you know, he, he, he was the first one in the Old Testament to buy a Tesla. You know, he, you know, just, just crazy stuff. You can come up and that's the same thing with the Trinity. The Trinity is, is the same stuff of unicorns and, and pink roller skates and donuts in the Old Testament. It's just, it's, it's a freak show. Um, but yeah, not to get sidetracked really. It's just, if you're listening to this podcast and you're on the fence, go to scripture. Okay. Find where the apostles, and see, that's the thing about it. Okay. You're told the Trinity is true. So therefore you're going to try to find it. Nobody in their right mind would ever look for a Trinity if you weren't told it. So it's not like you'd wake up in the morning and go, I'm going to look for the Trinity today. You know, oh, I think I see in Matthew 28, 19, baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's the Trinity. You thank you, Jesus. You know, no, it's not the Trinity. You would never see a three-person God that's co-equal and co-eternal in that verse unless you were completely brainwashed and told it was true. There's nothing about a Trinity in there. There's nothing, I mean, common sense would tell you, okay, Jesus did not wait until the end of his ministry and add a baptism statement to, to riddle off that now their God was three persons, okay? So in a riddle, Jesus announces that God is a triune being, okay? And none of the apostles go after this. What do you mean? You know, what do you mean? And people don't go, oh, Jesus had taught a God that nobody spoke of in the entire Bible. And there was this, there's, there was this commotion all over. People were arguing and fighting. There was infighting going on and all kinds of discussions. And Jesus had to speak in the synagogues and back up what he claimed saying that, you know, no, it is true. I have this new revelation to give everybody, you know, back in the days of the old, God was a single person. But this new revelation that I brought forth to you is that, yes, he is, he is one, one person who's God, but three persons who is God. And this is the revelation that now from this point forward, hero Israel, our Lord, our God is three persons in one, okay, or three lords in one, you know, something like that. Or, or unless you believe we are he, you will die in your sins. You know, unless you believe we are three, you will die in your sins. Or unless you believe me is three, you will die in your sins. You know, they are three and he is one or they is one and he are three. I don't know. It's, it's crazy, crazy stuff, you know, um, crazy potatoes, like my grandma would say. So I, you know, I'm trying to be redundant on purpose. Go to scripture. Don't go to these riddles. Uh, don't go to these riddles that people have a hard time understanding. If you have a hard time understanding things in the Bible, then put those aside. Go by what scripture says in the beginning. Get that foundation first, okay? Find out what Jesus taught. Find out that God is one. Jesus is the Messiah. Write that down, okay? God is one person, the Father. You know, true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. Jesus prayed, Father, I pray that they know you, the only true God. Put a check box by that, okay? The only true God is who? The Father, okay? And Jesus, the Messiah, who you have sent, okay? They asked, Jesus said, who do you say I am? And they said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Okay, put that a checkbox. Okay, who is Jesus? He's the Christ, the Messiah, the son of the living God. Who is God? God is the father, okay? God is the father and Jesus is the Messiah. Who's the Holy Spirit? It says the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead. The Bible is very clear. God, the father raised Jesus who you hung on a tree, okay? So, Jesus was raised by the Father, his spirit, okay? The Holy Spirit is what? The spirit of the Father, check. Okay, so now you have God the Father is the only true God, check. You have the Holy Spirit as the spirit of God the Father, check. And you have Jesus as the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of God, check. Okay, that's your foundation. Now, once you have that foundation established, then you can go on something else, right? You can go on to things that are a little bit more difficult and maybe 
search for that search for that truth and not spin it to a different direction and get caught up and mesmerized on something like that and dismiss the very foundational doctrine right the foundational doctrine that says god is one not three so again use use john 17 3 and, and the consistency okay in deuteronomy i know what is it 32 6 i believe or 33 6 i can't even remember um i don't think that, i'm not sure if that's the verse if i if i go to my bible app while i'm on the podcast this podcast might end so i'm not going to do it but you can look it up you know um you foolish and senseless people isn't it your father who created you and established you i think that's in malachi actually is it malachi uh no i think malachi is the one where it says uh you know have we one not have we not one father has not one god created us so we have the father as our creator and it's it's one one person the father okay it's not jesus you know think about it jesus was not in the womb of his mom orchestrating the universe can you imagine Jesus as a, as a zygote? He's a zygote in his mother's womb. And uh, he's, he's continuing to orchestrate the universe and knitting. Because the Bible says, I, I knew you before I formed you. You know, you were in the womb. I knit you together. So Jesus is apparently knitting people together while he himself is being knitted together. Maybe he's kind of like crocheting his own blanket. I don't know. It's, it's nonsense, right? Um, you know, the Father is our creator. And uh, I go through other podcasts and show you what Jesus created. You know, these are positions of power. He created positions of power and everything is created through Christ in the new, in the new kingdom, right? It's all for him. It's for his glory. You know, it's for him, uh, for him and his father's glory. It's all to glory to God the father. But um, yeah, so don't toss out the, you know, the, the, the main objective of scripture for these little inconsistencies and riddles that you might have a hard time understanding, okay? Get into those later, okay? Sometimes the Bible's sometimes confusing on verses like that uh, because of the translations. You know, translations sometimes twist things where it makes it more confusing, but you can dig through things. Don't, don't toss out the main objective, that God is one. He's not a trinity, that Jesus is the Son of God, the Messiah. Um, that should be the consistent message. So anyway, I hope this uh, helps people and gives you something to digest and think about and uh, allows you to focus on what truth is and not what man tells you truth is, right? What does the, uh, the, the uh, overall message of the gospel really say? That's the most important thing. God bless you all.